From up in the nosebleeds to down to the 50-yard line, wherever you watch the game, this is the place to sound off. Sports Talk with Jock on 770-CHQR. Okay. Okay. Uh, it was back in, in January that we saw a very frustrated Glenn Gullickson. It was, it was really interesting because Glenn Gullickson was on a two-game winning streak, I believe, at the time. Uh, his team had just come off a win over the Los Angeles Kings, and he lost it at practice, and he you know, dropped a bunch of F-bombs, and then he threw his stick in frustration into the stands at, at an empty Scotiabank saddle. This was Glenn Gullickson yesterday, thanks to our, our good buddy Jermaine Franklin from TSN. It's knowing when to make that's the challenge. That's the f-ing challenge. That differentiator, that, that makes a difference between who's the f-ing great players, who are the f-ing good players, who are the f-ing grind players, which players stay in the league, which players keep Okay, uh, in total, there were 22 F-bombs uh, there tomorrow. Is this just a frustrated head coach because his team hasn't been playing well at home, or is this a coach that trying to make a point? What do you make of the latest rant by the head coach of the Calgary Flames? Well, I mean, I mean, go back a year ago or January, like not just this past January, a year ago, January, and he did the same thing, right? right? Okay, so there's a pattern here with this coach. So, you know, you can talk about, is he frustrated? Does he not like, I mean, when, when teams aren't winning, coaches are going to be disappointed, going to be frustrated. But when you come to practice, coach, uh, players are looking for solutions, okay? And you know what? Okay, you can have a rant once. Maybe even two times. Mm-hmm. It seems to be a pattern with Glenn Goldson. And you know what? I don't think this is a very well-coached team. So I think that Glenn Goldson should take a good large look at himself. And when, you, when, when the only answer you have in practice is to scream and throw your stick and swear and everything, you know what that means? It means you don't have answers. Mm-hmm. And players are looking for answers, Jock. They're looking for solutions. They want to be good. And I think that that's a real indictment on Glenn Gullitson. I'll, I'll be very straightforward with you. I'll be shocked if Glenn Gullitson returns as the Calgary Flames coach next season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was going to be my my next question, Craig, because you know I I'm not there every day like I, I was back you know in 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 2000 to 2007 when I was hosting the Flames broadcast. But I I remember you know when Brian Sutter was the coach of this team, I would go into the dressing room, I would talk to players, and they said they they had had enough, and and you know it was just you know you got to work harder, you got to work harder. You know they weren't getting the coaching, and you know they 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 they, they call you know the players are telling me it was time for a change, and and so I I don't know if that's the case right now, but I, I have to agree with you. I, I think, you know, just from the outside looking in, I think this coach is in trouble. Well, he's in trouble because of the way he coaches. Yeah. Okay? I, I, Jock, go back to November. I, 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 I have not felt that this has been a well-coached team. And I'll just go through this real quickly with you. Why don't we just go through their forward group, okay? okay. Let's start with Monaghan and Goudreau. One of the best duos in the National Hockey I agree. Let's go to Backlund and Jankowski and Furland and Kachuk, right? Per, 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 pretty good, pretty good group of seven uh, forwards. I would say and one of the one of the best second lines in the in the National Hockey okay, League, without a doubt. To yeah. me, they got seven forwards. I include Bennett in there. Okay, okay. seven forwards, right? Then you got Giordano, Brody, and Hamilton. So that's three really good defensemen, right? Mm-hmm. All I know is is you got ten players that I think are really good, right? And your team is uh, on the outside of the playoffs. I don't think that they've been coached up. And people sit down and go, well, you know, you know, that's being personal. No, the coach is responsible for the play of the team. 
end of story. I, I'm never personal. These are my observations. These are my opinions. I, I, I don't like the way they play defense. I don't like the way they play uh, on the attack. I don't think they play with enough speed. I don't like their power play. Well, I know, I know players are looking to be good, and they're looking for answers, and they're looking for solutions to the problems, and that's a coach's job. And I don't think they've been provided. And like I said, I would be shocked. If I'm the manager, he would not be coming back. If and I'll be shocked if he comes back as the manager. Well, and, and I think the coach. And and I think we can put this into context, Craig, because you were the manager of this team, and you did have to make a decision. And you know, I know you've told the story a few times, but I think this is a good time to to retell the story. You know, when did you, as a manager, make the decision on Greg Gilbert? Well, I I, I made it I, I made it sooner than we were able to make the move. Okay. And you know what? As it turned out. I, I, I think it turned out fine because of the ability to hire Daryl Sutter. Right. I mean, Daryl Sutter, I think that what, I mean, I, I always say this and, and it goes back to my own experience. It's one thing to say that you want to change the coach. So that's the first step. The second step and the, and the most important step is who's going to replace them. And, you know, when we, I remember we were in Detroit and the news came that, uh, uh, that Dale Sutter had been let go by San Jose. And I, I, I immediately told Ronnie Sutter, I said, you get in touch with your brother and tell him I'll be phoning him within the next 24 hours. And, you know, the wheels were in motion to, to, to get Daryl Sutter. And, I mean, Daryl was, uh, to me, a, a real significant addition to the, to, to the Flames. And at that time, you know, that team was more than capable. And I felt that. I, thought, I felt that this year's team is much like that year's team. That with better coaching, they would have a better record and they, 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 they wouldn't be fighting for the playoffs. You know, we made the change. Daryl came in and he, our team was over 500 from the time he came in. And then we know what happened the next year. And uh, I think that uh, for, for, for that time and understanding that, uh, you know, what he meant to the, to the Calgary Flames, it, it, it was real significant. And I, I, I think the Flames are going to have to be looking at something similar uh, at the end of this season. Craig Butner, NHL Insider. He joins us every Tuesday night, every Thursday night here on Sports Talk with Jock. Let's quickly talk about the Edmonton Oilers, and, and not the season for the Edmonton Oilers, but the season for one Connor McDavid, because uh, he is getting some love for the Hart Trophy, and I, as I think he should. He's third in NHL scoring, uh, yet his team is not in the equation as far as the postseason goes. So, so where do you weigh in on the importance of making the playoffs to being able to win the MVP award? Yeah, 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 the way I look at it, Jock, is if, if you're going to – I, I don't look at how to exclude players from the MVP conversation. I, I try to look at the overall play uh, of the group of players that are in consideration. And when I watch Connor McDavid play start to finish and everywhere in between, uh, I, I don't know how he cannot be in the conversation for most valuable player in the league. And, you know, this isn't tennis. This isn't where he's ranked the 76th player and, you know, he hasn't qualified for any of the major tournaments. This is a team sport. And when I watch what Connor McDavid is, he won the MVP last year. And I think in, in, in so many ways, he's had a better year this year. I, I've said it often. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I do. I really believe that the Edmonton Oilers without Connor McDavid would be the 31st team in the league and, and, and maybe with 30 points. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know that sounds harsh and I, that might be hyperbole and whatnot, but I think that, they'd be the worst team in the league without him. 
That's how good Connor McDavid is. So I'm not going to look to exclude players based on if their team's in the playoffs or not. I'm going to look at the overall equation and understand, okay, what does he do on a game-in, game-out basis to affect the outcome in a positive manner for his team? And I think he does it as well as anybody in the league. So he's in the MVP, MVP conversation for me. I'm a voter, and I said it yesterday on the radio. In my final three right now, we vote for five. But in my final three right now, it would be Kucherov, Malkin, and McDavid. That's how good I think that uh, mm-hmm. uh, McDavid has been. And if I had to put you on the spot and say who wins it, if you were the only person voting, who would win it? Kucherov, because Kucherov. I think Kucherov from day one to right now has been the model of consistency, has been the model of excellence, and you, you know, and, and that carries the day for, for for me at this point in time. But you know, I'll delve into it deeper as we get closer sure. to the point of finalizing our ballots. But Connor McDavid, there's no question in my mind, he 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 belongs seriously in the conversation. A milestone goal for Alexander Ovechkin, his 600th, which, you know, hey, some people are putting him into the uh, into the talk as the greatest goal scorer ever. Certainly of, of his error, I think he's unbelievable. You know, I, I look back at some of the great goal scorers. You know, Mike Bossy with the quick release. What a great goal scorer. Wayne Gretzky was obviously the smartest player that ever played the game. Mario Lemieux with his reach and with his hands. You know, Brett Hull with his hard, quick shot as well. Uh, where, where, do you, where do you put Alexander Ovechkin with the greatest? Well, he's one of the, I mean, he's the greatest of the century. He's the greatest of this era. And I think when you consider, I know lots of people want to talk about who's the best, who, you know, and then they want to do an era adjusted and Mm -hmm. everything like that. Okay. I mean, there's a lot of different factors. Ray Ferraro, who's top 100 goals scored in the NHL all time. You know, uh, he had a really good comment. He said, yeah, you can look at the way the goalies were years ago, but the equipment was different too. And, and, Mm -hmm. and certainly, you know, uh, the clutching and grabbing was different and, and the, the, the ability to stymie players uh you know created a lot of different challenges in terms of the 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 mauling and the hauling and everything that went with it so when i when i look at it i i I, i'm not i'd like to say i'm smart enough to say this guy's the best goal scorer as opposed to this guy or not when you start talking about gretzky and lemieux and bossy and ovechkin and hall and you know bobby hall belongs in the conversation You know, like there's no Phil Esposito blogs in the conversation. Like, Chuck, I, I don't know who the best was. <laughs> I, I really don't. I'd like to be able to tell you. I'd like to be able to whip out a math equation. I'd like to be able to do error adjusting. I, like, I just know that these guys were the best goal scorers that have ever laced them up in the National Hockey League. And you know what? I, 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 Alexander Ovechkin didn't have to get a 600th goal to be in this conversation. We, we, we talked about this a year ago. And we talked about, uh, you know, uh, about what Alexander Ovechkin does. And Ken Hitchcock had a great comment today. He goes, every night you go into the game and you say, that's the guy. You try to blanket him. You try to stop him. You know you got to try. And he still has an impact. Mm -hmm. And I I say this about Wayne Gretzky all the time. Wayne Gretzky had almost 3,000 points in his NHL career. He was playing against the best players every single night. He didn't do it against the bottom-rung players. He was doing it against the best players on a night-in, night-out basis. Same with Ovechkin, same with Bossy, same with all those guys. So to me, when you're doing it against the best competition and the best and, and, and the best opponents, I, I can only tell you this. You, you stand out, and that's where Ovechkin is. And, you know, obviously, well, he'll go down as one of the great goal scorers of all time in NHL history, but 
I, I don't know if he's the best or the second or the sixth mm-hmm. or the fifth or what. I just don't know. But he's in the conversation, and that's what sure we do he is. know. Yes, and he is. Yeah. Well, no question, he is. Yes, and, and and let me you know put put a different spin on it because we got some some great young players in the game now. We just talked about Connor McDavid. You know, Austin Matthews probably will get back into the Leafs lineup. I I know he's still wearing the non-contact <laughs> jersey, but he's uh, looking close to returning. You know, Patrick Lyonet. Jets fans are so excited about this player. Who does Patrick Lyonet remind you of the most? Like, he's almost got that quick release like a bossy, doesn't he? Well, he, he's, you know what? There's a number of factors that, uh, there's a number of players that, that, that he reminds me of. He reminds me a lot of Brett Hall because he passes okay. the puck so well. He really, like, Brett Hall was an underrated passer. And I think that that was an area of his game that a lot of people didn't appreciate because he was such a great goal scorer. I, I feel the same way about Lionet. Also, the release. He's got that release that's off his stick quickly. Mm-hmm. Goaltenders can't get set, which was the hallmark of Mike Bossy. Then he's got that great velocity, which is like Ovechkin, and 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 that ability to 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 just the puck comes off his stick and just explodes and beats goaltenders clean. So when I when when I watch those types of qualities uh, in a player, it, it's not about one guy. It's it, it, it's the, the, this group of players that he reminds me of, and the other thing that I that, that he really doesn't get enough credit for at this point in time is how well he works to get himself open. He he works from behind uh, the, the the defenses, and so it's really hard for defenses to say where is that guy, and and he arrives at the right time. He doesn't let himself be static, and he arrives at the right time when the puck arrives. That makes it really hard to defend him, and that speaks to exceptional hockey sense. And I think that when you consider uh, line A and, and how prolific he is, I mean, he, he, he is uh, an exceptional goal scorer. Boy, he certainly is. Hey, quickly, I want, I want to ask you a little bit about the Anaheim Ducks. You know, this team got healthy, and you're, you're thinking, wow, they're, they're going to be a real force down the stretch, and yet they've lost three in a row. What, what have you seen in the Ducks game recently? Well, you know, it's an interesting question. I like I like the Ducks. I think the Ducks are a team that had the potential to, once they got healthy, to your point, we're going to be a good, solid team. The one thing that happens with teams, Jock, is that when you fall behind, and whether it be in the standings or in a game, you're in a race to catch up with things. And, you know, in that race to catch up, you expend a lot of energy, and, and and human nature is such that when you do catch up, there's kind of like this oh, exhale. Uh, we caught up, right? Mm-hmm. And, and 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 I think that that happens to individuals. I think it happens to teams, and I think that that might be something that's uh, that's uh, that's affected the uh, Anaheim Ducks. But when you start to look at the group of teams that are all in there, you look at LA, and you look at. Uh, St. Louis, and you look at Calgary, and you look at Anaheim, they're all similar type teams, right? And uh, a couple of those teams look like they're going to make the playoffs, and a couple of those teams are going to miss. And when you consider how close it is, you're going to be able to look back at specific moments and say, we lost three in a row here, or we had this stretch where we didn't get enough points or whatnot. And I think that's what it's ultimately going to come down to. But I I just think that when you end up, uh, you know, starting from behind and having to try to catch up. It's a hard road. And ultimately, you know, somebody falls short just because you, you run out of runway or you, you, you just expended too much energy to get caught up. That when you need the energy to hold past somebody, you, you just can't. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know who's going to make the playoffs. I don't know who's going to miss, but I'll say this. In the Western Conference, I'm not sure there's a team that can beat the Nashville Predators right now. This team is on fire, Craig. Jock, they're my uh, favorite to come out of the West. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I, you, you know, I don't know if you're watching the game tonight, but I mean, the speed they play at, and 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 not only the speed they play at, but but they can test. They can test space. They can test pucks. They're quick to react in every single area. So, you know. They are a team that can, that, that, that can be comfortable playing in, in, in a tight game, and, and they can explode quickly to, to give themselves breathing room and to give themselves an advantage. And, you know, from goaltending to defense to the forward group, I, I, I think they're a complete team. Uh, right now, you know, uh, my pick for the, uh, for the Stanley Cup final is, is Tampa Bay and Nashville. We will let you get back to that Winnipeg game. They trail Nashville 3 to nothing. Craig, always fun. We'll do it again on Thursday night. Thanks so much for your time. We will. Thanks, Jock. You betcha. Craig Buttner, NHL insider. And, yeah, some very interesting comments about Glenn Gullickson, the head coach of the Calgary Flames. I'm going to put that up on a podcast, send it out on Twitter in just a couple of minutes as well. As I wrap up Sports Talk with Jock, we're going to do that as we get to the Sports Geek of the Day. We'll do that next on 770 CHQR.